Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, I want to welcome everyone to the New Work Revolution podcast. This is your host, Brandon Allen, and today's topic is gutless leadership. Leadership that is devoid of any kind of a spine or courage. Leaders who don't lead is really what that's all about. Gutless leadership is about leaders who have a title of leadership, but don't actually exercise any form of leadership. So today, I want to talk with you about seven habits. I promise I didn't steal this from my good friend, Stephen Covey, but seven habits of courageous leaders. And I have a lot of experience with this on both sides. I have been the penultimate poster child for gutless leadership. And I have been gutless in my approach with my team and all the different ways that we're going to talk about today. And for those of you who know me, you've heard my story. You've heard my management leadership stories. You're familiar with that. For those of you who may be newer to the show, you will be hearing some of these things for the first time. But gutless leadership, this has come up because I I see a lot of situations where leaders are not acting in a position of power. And when we don't come from a position of power, and when I say position of power, I don't mean holding your authority over someone's head and trying to control that person, but I mean just standing for what is right and standing in that power and, and being a powerful leader in your conversations, in your actions, in your words in your organization. And when you don't do this, ultimately people will not follow your leadership and they won't respect your authority. And in leadership, if we don't have those things, we're not taking people to where we want them to go. In fact, they're not sure you can get there if those things are lacking. So let's talk about the first habit of leadership. And I call this the mom and pop scenario. It's this, leaders need to back their leaders. So many of the leaders that I coach have other leaders that they work with and that does the the ground level work of, of, of the vision that they set out. What I see a lot of times is kind of the mom and dad scenario of leadership where one of them, maybe the business owner is the good cop and the manager's the bad cop or the manager's the good cop, but the owner's the, be, you know, the, the good cop or whatever it is. And the employees start to realize that they can play off of one another. Now, if you're the owner of a business and someone comes to you and complains about your manager, the first question I always have is, well, did you go to them with this? No. Okay. Before you say another word, go talk to them about this situation and resolve it. I'm going to follow. When do you think you can have that conversation with them? Now, what I'm doing here is I'm creating accountability because far too often we ask someone to talk to the person who violated them in in whatever way. And then they say, okay, I'll go talk to them. And what they do is they never talk to the person. So I want to create some accountability there. I want them to go and talk to the other person and resolve the situation. I want to set a timeline for when that happens. Then I say, look, I'm going to follow up with you and make sure you had the conversation. I don't need to get into the nitty gritties of the conversation, but I want to make sure you had it. And I want to support my leaders in that way. Now, if someone comes to me with an issue about a leader of mine and they want to talk about it and they they happen to catch my ear about something I'm still not going to make any snap judgments until I talk to my management team. Even if I felt like my manager handled it in the wrong way, 
I'm not going to tell the team that, and I'm not going to undercut that person's authority by switching or reversing whatever they put in place. At that point, I'm going to talk to the manager, find out what the situation was, and allow them to course correct as they see fit. This is their journey. These are their people. I want them to make the choices that they see fit. I do not want to put myself in a position where people feel like they can come to me and bypass certain levels of authority. I see this all the time in corporate work and government work that I do in large organizations. It's especially prevalent. People want to go up around the chain of command and talk to someone else because they feel like, you know, they'll get somewhere with that. And then they go to the gutless leader and the gutless leader just reverses whatever their manager or their leader that they have in place to run that team had done. And that's so disastrous to morale in a number of different ways. It's so painful. So if you're a leader who has other leaders, you've got to back those leaders, back them. That doesn't mean you agree with everything they do or say, but you're going to be savvy in how you handle those situations. The second thing is to own your vision. When you set a mission, vision, and values, you've got to stand behind those 100% and you've got to articulate those things and you've got to act like you're invested in that big picture vision. If I ask you what your mission is and you can't tell me what it is, boy, it's not really that inspiring of a mission, in my opinion, because you're not spending any time understanding that. If I stop you and I ask you what your values are as a leader and you don't understand or don't know what those values are, you're not invested at a high enough level in those values, which means you're not taking the time to invest in those or you don't value the values that you talked about. So you've got to figure out what that is, but you've got to own your values. The third thing is having tough conversations. This is probably the number one area that leaders violate because leaders want to be nice people. They want to be liked. They want people to like them. But at some point as a leader, you have to realize people aren't going to like me. Now, look, you can go too far, Donald Trump, but you've got to also understand that I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to serve and make sure that you do your best work for the organization, for our customers. I'm here to make sure that you do your best work for yourself, and I'm here to hold you accountable to do that. Sometimes that means you're going to think I'm a jerk. Sometimes I'm going to be an a-hole in that process, but I stand behind the fact that I'm going to lead you, and I'm going to lead you well. And sometimes that means we're going to have a conversation that you don't like. We're going to have a conversation that you don't enjoy. Again, I don't want to ruin you with these conversations, but I do want it to sting enough that you feel like a change needs to be made and you show up differently as a result of that conversation. And we can only do that if we have tough conversations. The fourth thing a leader can do is walk the talk. How many times do we see gutless leaders who say, hey, go into that foxhole or hey, do as I say, not as I do. They're the leaders who send people off to get killed while they sit around and just don't do anything courageous themselves because they're too gutless to get in the trenches and have real conversations. Now, it sounds like I'm talking about war. It may sound like I'm talking about the government. I'm kind of using that as an analogy, but I'm not just talking about that. There are days in our work life where we can see leaders send people off to their own quote-unquote death because we're too gutless to get in there and, and stand in the fire and help resolve a difficult situation. So if you're a leader and you're doing the do as I say, not as I do 
type of leadership. Just remember that you can do that, but your team has no respect for you because you're not the kind of person who will have the tough conversations and dive in and do the things necessary to help the team win. And if you're that kind of leader, you're a gutless leader and you're doing damage to your team and your team knows it and they don't respect you for it. So the fifth thing is to engage in powerful conversations. So I want to engage in powerful conversations all the time with people. This means that I'm engaging my team in their personal goals, their own development, things that I can support them with, things that they may say that are confusing that I want clarity on, ways that I can challenge their way of thinking. I always want to be having powerful conversations, but a gutless leader shirks powerful conversations. They take the easy road, they engage in gossip, and they do things that are destructive to the organization with their words. So as a leader, if I want to be a powerful and courageous leader, I want to be someone who's going to engage people in powerful conversations. So the last couple are really tough for leaders. The sixth thing is to admit when you're wrong. Boy, how hard is this, right? We know we screw up as leaders, and it's like, you know, we're just like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to, or, or whatever it is, right? But we have to take responsibility for our actions. Now, sometimes people take responsibility in a really weird way. Like I love when someone uh, drinks too much and gets behind the wheel and they say, I'm really sorry I made this mistake. The problem with saying that I made a mistake when you made a choice is because you're now abdicating responsibility for the choice. A mistake is dropping a glass and breaking it. Not a mistake is getting behind the wheel when you're not sober enough to drive and driving your car. Not a mistake is hitting your wife. Not a mistake is whatever other you know foul thing that we make choices in that are destructive to our well-being. Those are not mistakes. Those are poor choices. They're poor choices. If you talk to an employee in a way that does not engage them at a high level, in fact, it's destructive and demeaning and disrespectful, it's not a mistake. It's a bad choice. So take ownership for it and say, my choices were not good. It's not a mistake. It's a choice that you made. But you've got to admit as a leader, if you want to be courageous, that you were wrong. Gutless leaders, they want to stand for, they want to think that they're always right. They want to think that, God, my shit never stinks. So I can't possibly tell people that I'm wrong. I can't do that. I don't want to admit when I did something wrong. The thing is, is that your employee and your team, your employees and team, they know when you made a mistake. They know it. They know you made a mistake. They can see it. They recognize it. They know that you have screwed up. They know you've made a bad choice. Whatever it is, they know. So own it so that they have respect that you can own your bad choices, just like you expect them to own their bad choices and mistakes. As a leader, we've got to do that. And the last thing as a leader, and this almost sounds contrary to a courageous leader, but courageous leaders are vulnerable. So I talk with leaders all the time and I'm coaching them through a process of growth. And sometimes that process of growth requires us to go to our team and acknowledge our own shortcomings. These are my shortcomings as a leader. This is where I fall short. When I was first a leader and I had my own shortcomings, I had to come to my team and I had to tell them, you guys, I recognize that I have not been a powerful leader for you. I've had conversations with you that are not productive. I have been abdicating responsibility. I haven't been having timely conversations about correcting behavior. 
I've tried to be overly nice, which has then led me to be passive aggressive. And I'm going to change that behavior. Now, why I, why I called that out is number one, I, I want to let people know that I recognize my own shortcomings. Cause a lot of times we see leaders who just seem oblivious to their own shortcomings. Don't they, you look at politicians today and you think, are you oblivious to your shortcomings? Do you recognize those? Or are you just so married to your, your self image of, and whatever positive self image that you think you have that, that you're just going to own that, not have any sort of vulnerability or, or ownership of any shortcomings that you may have as a leader. But as leaders, we've got to be able to admit our shortcomings. By doing this, it allows other people to admit their shortcomings. And when we can do that powerfully, we can take chances, we can make mistakes, and we know that other people aren't going to kill us for it because they're going to give the grace that we want to get when we screw up, when we make bad choices. So being vulnerable about our shortcomings is powerful because when I'm vulnerable, now I can grow. And when I grow through vulnerability, now my team sees that. Now they feel like they can grow through vulnerability. But if we don't do that together, then it becomes very challenging to really be a powerful leader. It's not courageous. A gutless leader wants to act like they don't have any shortcomings. A gutless leader, they're going to act, they're going to want to act like they're perfect, like they never make any mistakes, like Nothing, they, like they don't have any shortcomings in the world. And the problem is, is everyone knows that they do. They just want to see if that person is courageous enough to take ownership of that. So think about these seven areas of leadership. Ask yourself, am I being courageous? Am I being gutless? And listen, we all have times where we're gutless in certain areas. My hope is that you're not gutless in every area, but unfortunately there are leaders like that too. But hey, if that's you, this is your invitation to change that and to create more powerful outcomes for your people and for your business going forward into the new year. So I want to thank everyone again for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, or thoughts on the show, hit us up at newworkrevolution.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at B160Allen. Again, I want to thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.